Are you interested in bringing communities together? Are you interested in bridging cultural and communication gaps? Are you interested in podcasting? We want to help build a better world through better understanding of one another. And we want to amplify your voice in the conversation. So bring your ideas and voice to the Venn Network. We will help you bring your voice to the world. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Islamic Faith in Focus. I am your host, Imam Hassan Amin. In this particular podcast, we basically talk about some of the basic understanding and responsibilities and rites and rituals of Islam. We don't go, I have to be frank with you, we don't go very deep with this information, but we certainly can, but we don't on this program. We just give some of the very basic information about Islam and what a Muslim is and what a Muslim is not. Today we're going to talk about basically commitment to Islam, how Muslims are to to be committed to Islam and the practice thereof. During the time of the Prophet, may peace and blessing be upon him, some of the people during the advent of Islam or the growth of Islam, they offered to make him the richest man amongst them, to make him the chief amongst them, to offer him a kingdom and all the women that he wanted. And they did all this for him to stop talking about Islam. That's all they wanted him to do is to stop talking about Islam. But he said to them this, his uncle who was one of his very good uh, friends and protectors um, during, the, during the time when he was um, talking about Islam to the people, his uncle, uncle Abu Talib, he said, he neither wished to separate himself from his people nor forsake his nephews because he was between, because the Quraysh went to him and said, like, can you persuade this man to stop talking about this, this Islam? And so Abu Talib was between commitment to the people and his tribe and he also didn't want to betray his, his nephew. And which was the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him. And so he asked him, like, can you like kind of tone down on this? Can you stop talking about this Islam so much? And so when he spoke to the, uh, to the he spoke to the Prophet in a very soft voice and he bade them to abandon his affair, to abandon talking about Islam. Unto um, this suggestion, the Prophet, may peace and blessing be upon him, firmly he, he replied, O oh my uncle, if they were to place the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left hand to cause me to renounce my task, rarely I would not desist therefrom until Allah make manifest his cause or I perish in the attempt. This was the Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing be upon him. He was committed. No matter what, I am going to continue to talk to the people about Islam. No matter what they offer me, no matter what they do to me, I'm going to continue to tell the people about Islam or die trying to do so. This was his commitment to Islam. Also, 
The Prophet, may peace and blessing be upon him, the people trusted him very much. The non-Muslims and the Muslims trusted him very much. He was an honest man, El Amin. And so, they would also give him things to entrust to, to him and for them. And they would give him this thing or that thing or money, whatever it is, and told him to hold, could you hold on to this? And he held on to it and gave it back to them when they needed it back. Because on his way, when he was basically chased out of Medina or directed by Allah to leave Medina and go to, I'm sorry, go for, leave Mecca, I'm sorry, to leave Mecca and go to Medina and they were going to try to kill him, it didn't really matter to him because before he left to go from Mecca to Medina, all the stuff that the people have entrusted him with, he gave it all back to him. Although his life was in peril, his it was it was he needed no wimps of people going to attack him, but it didn't matter to him. They had entrusted this a man of this trust they had given to him, of holding whatever they had given to him with and trusted him with. He did not leave Mecca until he had replayed, returned everything to the people. This also is a sign of the commitment that a Muslim must have, no matter what. That we have commitment to Islam and also we gain the trust of the people and we have to do things that are trustworthy in order to be and be respected by the people. Abu Bakr, who was the who was the father-in-law of the Prophet, and he was the first Khalifa or the first leader after the death of the Prophet, may peace and blessing be upon him. He would look after the wants of the people during his Khalifa. During the winter time, he would distribute clothes and blankets amongst the poor. There's a story that in an out-of-the-way street in Medina, there was a blind old woman. Umar would go to her house every morning, but he always found that someone else had anticipated his visit and supplied all the wants of the old woman. One day, Umar went to the house of the, of the lady earlier than usual and found that the man who who visited the old lady every morning was none other than Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr and Umar they will always buy if you will in a friendly way to for paradise. When Abu when Umar would give who is the second Khalifa of Islam, second leader of Islam, when Umar when when when, when Umar would give half of what he had for the cause of Islam. Umar would, uh, Abu Bakr will give all that he had in the cause of Islam. Because that's like friendly competition between Muslims trying to outdo the other for paradise, for the pleasure of Allah. Not to show off for men or for women. It's just who can outdo the other for the pleasure of Allah. I know I've been to fundraisers where we will raise money and the father, and the, I'm sorry, the husband and the wife, they would try to outdo each other. Who's going to give more in the cause of Allah towards that, towards a particular fundraiser? A raised fundraiser for a mosque or for the feed of homeless or something like that. They would vie for the cause of who's going to give the most money on that, on that night. And it was a friendly competition uh, that they had between themselves and Abu Bakr did and Umar did with each other. Umar would also walk through the streets, all up and down the streets of Medina, 
trying to find out who needed something. If they needed food, if they needed clothing, he would supply those things for, for those people. Like we have in our various countries, have politicians and leaders. And I guess, I don't know if we how many of those leaders actually walk through the streets, not with a bunch of cameras following behind them, and trying to find out who needed something and get that to that to that individual. I guess you can look at the leadership around you and see how many are doing that. Even amongst the Muslims, I, I encourage you to encourage the Muslim leaders to do the same thing like Abu Bakr did, like Omar did, like the Prophet did, and that they will find out who needed something and they will make sure that they have that. Um, at the very least, at least connect them to resources and services that can assist them and improve upon the quality of their life. Abu Bakr, he made sure that others were also committed to, to Islam. Even when people try to divide the Muslims, he was, he was hardcore, staunch in terms of making sure that the people stay committed to Islam. And what I mean by that is that some of the people were, did not want to pay zakat or the alms. And they, they said, we kind of refused to pay it. And then you had some people to say, I am the new prophet, not that the other prophet, the old prophet is dead. And so Abu Bakr said, no, if you pay this money during the time of the prophet, because it's Islam, then you will pay it now. And those individuals that say that they are prophets after the death of the prophet, Prophet Muhammad was the last of the prophets. He was the last prophet sent to mankind, the war mankind, the last prophet, the last messenger sent to mankind. And so he fought against them and had them to recommit themselves to the truth of Islam. Because we as Muslims, we do not believe that there will be, be any other prophet after Prophet Muhammad. Allah has sent many prophets and messengers to the people to warn them, to guide them, to warn them about Allah's, what Allah wants them to do. And Allah's wrath is going to come upon them if they don't follow what Allah tells them to do. To get, try to get them to recommit themselves to their, to their, their, their way of life on the, on the right path going towards Allah. Also, we have the, situ the situation that after becoming Muslims, when those they attacked the Prophet, this was time, this was during Umar, before he became Muslim, they attacked the Prophet. And once Umar became Muslim, he went to those who attacked the Prophet. He said, if you, basically, if you want your, your, your wives to be widows, then you attack the Prophet like you attack me. And Umar was fresh as becoming, becoming Muslim. It was unfair. The Prophet was unarmed. All he did was just tell people about recommitting themselves to Allah. And that's all he did. But the people attacked him and they beat him and they, and they threw the insides of animals on, like the guts of animals, like the entrails of animal and testicles of animal on his back when he, when, he made, when he made his prayer. And so they really disrespected the prophet and all the man wanted to do, all he did was just tell people to come back to Allah and come back to the path because the people during that time they were worshiping idols that they made with their own hands just around the Kaaba itself there were 300 and 360 idols around around the inside of the, of the Kaaba 
And these are things that people made with their hands and then they worshiped them or they sold them to others to work to worship them that they made with their ha own hands. And these things they made with their hands could do nothing for them. The creation made the well, creator. That's what they were doing. But in Islam, of course, we worship the creator and not the creation. Also, one of the imams. One of the imams who wrote some of the different hadith or, or copied some of the hadith with all the sayings and the practices of the Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him. He was real committed to Islam to make sure they did not make any, mis any mistakes in writing down the various sayings of the Prophet as related by his companions. And what, and what Imam, uh, Imam Bukhari would do, he was the writer, he would make two rakats, he would make two units. Uh, with, with, within one prayer before entering any hadith into his collection of hadith he wanted to make sure that that it was right that it felt that it felt right and that he wasn't doing anything for himself he wasn't deviating from islam or from misguiding the people and so he would make two rakah and asking allah basically to guide him and make sure his entry is a true entry also you have the situation with uh, a, a scholar named Ibn Kathir, a great, great scholar amongst the Muslims. And he stayed committed to Islam even while facing deviant Islamic groups such as the, Mo the Mongols. They were, they were, some of them were, were Muslim, but they wasn't the Mongols. They were not committed to Islam and they would even threaten him. But he held fast and would not lose his commitment to uh, his commitment to Islam and teaching them Islam and also stand up against those those individuals, the Mongols, who were supposed to be Muslims, many of them, but they did not act like Muslims and didn't treat people like Muslims. They still did their own way. The way they did before they became Muslim and how hard they were before they became Muslim, it didn't change many of them. And so but Ibn Kathir in the face of these people, he was not afraid, and he stayed committed uh, to Islam and spoke out against them and what they were doing. Also, Imam Malik, who was also a, a great a writer and collector of hadith. Um, one of the leaders had instructed, he was instructed by one of the leaders to give a fatwa. Uh, to, to, to tell the people something that the leader wanted them to tell them because Imam Malik was a great scholar and so his words were, were listened to by the people and obeyed by the people and followed by the people because he was a very respected scholar in Medina and so one of the leaders at that time he told them basically to make the fatwa and to tell the men that they must submit to him or take bayat meaning that they take an oath of allegiance to him and if they did not do that, that they had to divorce their wives. Imam Malik, he refused to do that. And a man loyal to the leader broke Imam Malik's collarbone, causing him to not to be able to raise his arms up in prayer or, or praying with his arms down to his side. And so it really did not matter to him any the threat that he received or the fact that this leader was telling him look this is what i want you to do i want these men to be committed to me and be 100 percent committed to me so you tell them imam malik that they have to take an oath or a bayah to me 
an oath of allegiance to me. And if they did not do that, they had to divorce their wives. And of course, Imam Malik said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell these people this, this, this kind of thing. He stayed committed to Islam, even in the face of the great, of the greatest, of one of the great leaders at, at that time. Also, we had the other situation where Bilal, who, Ibn Rabah, who was an Abyssinian slave at the, at the time, and he embraced Islam. And his, and the person who was, who was his master found out about it, and he put this large stone on his chest. And telling him to commit to 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 commit to not to commit to the worship worship of the of idols to get out of this Islam to uncommit yourself to Islam this big stone on his chest and even with that stone on his chest and his master telling him you get stop practicing this Islam stop practicing this Islam he said, a hut, a hut, one, one, like one God, one God that he didn't, he was, he was willing to die in terms of his commitment to Islam. He rather die first or get his chest crushed by the stone before he gave up Islam. There was a situation where people were burnt to death and did not give up Islam, that they were put in armor. In his iron armor and set on in the on the hottest day on the on the sand, burning almost cooking inside his oven inside his armor like an oven. But they still would not give up this and give up this Islam. These people were committed to Islam from the day one until until they until they die. Because they had this love and commitment to Islam. And Islam for us, for the Muslim, is a total way of life. Every aspect of our life is basically covered in Islam. We don't just practice our Islam on Friday during our congregational prayer, our services. We practice our Islam 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days, seven days a week. We ought to practice our Islam no matter where we are and stay committed to, our, to Islam no matter where, where we are. That is the way of Islam. Also, Allah says in uh, chapter 3, verse 200, he says, O you who trust, be patient and vie and patient. Be steadfast and fear Allah. Perhaps you will profit. So this again, Allah telling us to have our trust in him, to be patient, to vie in patient, be steadfast and fear Allah in our commitment to Islam and that that is how we will profit. The last thing I want to mention is that during one of the battles, the battle, the battle of Uhud, the Muslims were told, a small band of Muslims were told to go to this particular, this particular area, this particular path and not to leave the path no matter what happens. No matter what happens in the battlefield, do not leave that path. The Muslims were victorious during that, uh, uh, in the particular war, the particular battle. And they were starting to get to distribute the spoils of war. And some of the ones that were at the path, they left the path. And some still stayed. And of course, what happened is that the enemy saw that and they came up and they were able to, to defeat 
um, the Muslims. But you still had some of them left, but you still have some that stay committed to following the way of the prophet and what the prophet told them to do and stay committed to his instruction. And we as Muslims, we are instructed by Allah, Rasul, obey Allah and obey his messenger. We are to stay steadfast in our commitment to Allah and stay fast to our commitment to obedience and following the way of the prophet. May peace and blessing be upon him. The prophet said, I leave two things for you and you will not go astray. That's Quran and my sunnah, meaning my way, my path. What I did, you you do. I told you not to do, you don't do. I tell you to do, you do. That's basically the sunnah of the prophet. May peace and blessing be upon him. And that Muslims are to stay committed to following the Quran and following the sunnah of the prophet and stay committed to Islam. I don't know how many other faiths where people are as committed to their faith as the Muslims are and are instructed to be. I'm not saying that not others out there. That's it definitely not what I'm what I'm saying because I don't know all faith and I don't know the practice of the people of those faiths. But I know if a person wants to embrace a faith where the people are very committed to that faith. Islam is the way. Give it a try. Find out, go to visit a mosque. Or if you have a Muslim friend, ask them various questions about Islam. And see if it fits you. I know when I first became Muslim, I went from place to place trying to find out about Islam. And then once I found out more and more about Islam, it wasn't an overnight thing. I practice i studied i went to libraries i went to wherever i find i ate, ate up a lot of books we had a lot of books about islam before i finally made my commitment to become muslim and from the time i became muslim until today i have not looked back on my decision and not regretted my decision to become muslim it is a full-time commitment of being a muslim and loving my lord Day in and day out, 24-7, a one year, every year to love my Lord, 365 days a year, loving my Lord and appreciating him having me as his servant and choosing me as his servant and that I serve him and to the best of my ability, serve him and try to serve him well and be a great representative of Islam. And so those who are listening to me, read about Islam. Find out what the truth about Islam because people are going to tell you false things about Islam for whatever reason they hate Muslims or they hate Islam. Don't listen to them. Find out for yourself. Be an independent thinker. Don't let others think for you. Think for yourself and go out and find out about Islam. And ask Allah to open your heart up to Islam and to learning about what Islam is. And once you embrace Islam and find out the beauty of Islam, you're going to have such a glow and such an awakening that you're going to probably have this biggest smile on your face when you first, when you embrace Islam. I remember when I first embraced Islam after studying 
I was so happy. I was so overjoyed the fact that I am now a Muslim and I understood what it meant to be a to be a Muslim and be a good person and help other people and and help other people help other people. And so 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 much joy and that I can pray to my Lord for what I want and what I need and what I desire. Allah said, you want something? Ask me. Ask me you want something. You need help? Ask me if you need help. And from the time I became Muslim up until today, I continue to ask Allah, ask Allah for help and for things that I need. Thank you so much for <clears throat> thank you for so much for listening. You have been listening to Islamic Faith in Focus. I am Imam Hassan Amin. Please tune in again to the Vin Network and to my program. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This has been a production of the Venn Network.